0: Good morning. It's good to see you here. It's good to be back this week. I was away last week. I got to go on an amazing camping trip with a few people from church and uh, with Graham and Daniela and Blake as well, who used to be a part of this community before. Um, had just the best weekend away. We we're camping up just north of Nusa on the beach. It was like incredible. Like if you ever woken up in a tent, opened the door and just looked at the sunrise on the ocean incredible, like one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever been, but it is so good to be back here uh, together again. Um, we're part of a series which we've been going through for a, for a, few, day, for a few weeks, um, and it's called the Thrive Series, as, as you saw in the bumper there, and um, it's centered around this idea that God has more in store for you and for me than just surviving in this world, that, that there is actually more in store when we follow Jesus. And Mike kicked off this series a few weeks ago and he talked about the topic of love and he talked about remaining in Christ and what that means and he used this, this symbol, this image of like a vine and how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and, and in order to thrive, it starts with us getting connected with Jesus, with, with realizing the love that he has for us, realizing the love he has for you, that there's nothing you can do to earn it, there's nothing you can do to make him remove it, but as we remain in that love, as we remain connected with him, that's the first step if we ever want to thrive in this life, to realize that there is love for us that cannot be taken away. It's a firm foundation in which we can like, secure our own identity, we can build our life upon that love. And then the second week, I talked about the topic of joy, how when we follow the Holy Spirit, that God actually wants to bring joy to our lives, and it's a joy that's not just like a momentary, short-term happiness, but it's an ongoing, meaningful experience that's deep and satisfying. And then last week, my continuity talked about the topics of kindness and of goodness. And I love that message in particular because it reminds us of how practical it is to be a follower of Jesus. That following Jesus isn't just about what happens in here or in here. It is about that, but it, it's supposed to flow out into, into, into my actions, into my interactions with other people. Right? It's supposed to change the way I live my life. And all these things we've been talking about, they're they're, they're in a list that you find in the book of Galatians chapter 5 called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And these fruits of the Holy Spirit are the things that God wants to bring out of us as we remain in His love, as we stay connected with Him, as we walk with Him. And we're going to continue by going through that list, and this week we're talking about the topics of peace and of patience. One that we all want, and the other that we all need, as Julie beautifully said at the beginning. So Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can come together today, that we can uh, dive into it. I pray now that you'll rid me of myself and you'll give every single one of us receptive hearts to, to what you're saying and to what you're doing. I pray for all those that are joining us online as well. Thank you for the gift of technology that we have to, to share this, this experience with each other despite the challenges we've got around us. We lift you up now in Jesus' name. Amen. Behind me is a photo uh, that, my, that I was fortunate to, to be a part of taking last year. Um, do we have any New Zealanders in the house? Come on, Leon. There it is. <laughs> he spent the whole last weekend trying to convince me to go for the... Is it the New Zealand Warriors? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the New Zealand Warriors in the NRL. Um, he's got me to there being my second team now, but we, we'll see how it goes. But this photo was taken last year in New Zealand. Um, I was fortunate enough to travel there with my family. We went to the South Island, and this is a place called Lake Tekapo. I probably butchered the pronunciation of that, but that's my Australianness just coming out. Lake Tekapo, this photo was taken at about 5.30 in the morning, and if you know me, you'll know that I'm not a huge fan of sunrises, um, mostly because it's about getting up early, but we, we went anyway, and um, I went with my dad, with my older sister, who's probably watching online right now. Hey, Sarah, good to see her. She's in Melbourne, so I want to give her a bit of love. It's a, bit, it's a tough time for her at the moment. Um, and my friend Ryan, okay, so we went down at about 5.30 in the morning, there's like no one around. And we go to this lake. And as you can see, you got like the snow on the mountains behind, the sun's starting to rise. Absolutely flat, this water. It was incredible. And I remember we were there, and and I went down and I I went down to sit just by the edge of the water because there was like quite a bit of space. There was heaps of like long banks and stuff. So I just went and sat down there. And I just sat there in the stillness. There was like no sound. There was there was no breeze. It was just. Quiet, it was still. And that's kind of the thing that we think of when we think of this idea of peace, right? That, that peace is, is very much that, that place of stillness, of silence. It's like the absence of those troubling things or those, 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 um, those challenging circumstances, right? But, but what I want to share with you today, and, and what Kim actually started sharing as well, which I thought was incredible, you know, the way the Holy Spirit has already been working in today's program, is... Um, that peace is about being able to experience this kind of feeling of, of, of calm and, and, and of stillness. But it's not the absence of really challenging times. It's, it's not something that you only get when, when those really tough experiences are, t- are taken away, or when you're alone, or when you're by yourself. No, peace is actually, as the Bible teaches us, peace is a gift that God has for us to get through those times. Peace is actually a gift from God that we can use to, to, get, to get through those, those challenges, those trying circumstances, right? And so we're going to open the Word now. We're going to start in the book of Isaiah. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to, work, to open to Isaiah. If you don't, it will be on the screen behind me. But here in Isaiah, we actually see a prophecy about Jesus. right? We, we see a prophecy about this Messiah who would be to come in the future. And, and in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, We see this passage here. It's a pretty famous one, so you may have heard it before. But it says this. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Hundreds of years before Jesus stepped foot on this earth, He was identified as the Prince of Peace. Peace being an attribute of God. Peace being who he is. And I love that because it reminds us, and it's a callback to that very first week where Mike talked about, if you want to experience these fruits we're talking about, you've got to get connected with Jesus. And again, we see it here, hundreds of years before Jesus even stepped foot on this earth, that he was identified as the Prince of Peace. If you want to experience peace, you need to get connected to Jesus. You need to walk with Jesus because peace is an attribute of who he is. Peace is not just a feeling. It starts with a person, and that person is Jesus. And as we fast forward in the biblical story a few hundred years, we come to when Jesus is on earth, this prince of peace. He's walking among men. And in the book of John, he's actually talking to to his followers, and he's sharing some really troubling stuff with them. He he actually shares with them in John 13. He talks about how one of them would betray him, And how Peter would actually deny him. His his most overtly committed disciple would actually deny him. This this Jesus he'd been following for three years so passionately, he was going to deny him. And in the very next chapter, the very first line he says is, do not let your hearts be troubled. Right. So in the midst of that really trying, challenging thing that he's just shared with them, he says that. But after that verse, he starts talking about how he's actually going to leave. How he's going to go to heaven and prepare a place for them. And so all of a sudden, this Jesus they've been following for three years is going to leave them. And I don't know about you, but if I was in their circumstances, I would have felt very frustrated or very alone or very anxious about the future because this, this Jesus, this Prince of Peace who i had been walking with for three years is going to leave. But in the very midst of that conversation, he shares this verse from John 14 verse 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. This Prince of Peace is leaving you. He's leaving his disciples, and by extension, you and me. He's leaving us a gift. It's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be afraid. Don't be troubled or afraid. Again, we see that idea of peace isn't the absence of troubles or fears, but peace is a gift from Jesus to you and to me in the midst of them. Peace is a gift from God for you and me to, to, to go through tough times, to, to go through this season of life that we're all in at the moment, right? These really troubling and tough times. But I don't know about you, but over the last few months, I've found it really difficult to experience peace. Like we We're living in really unsettling times. Now, we started the year with having half of the country on fire, right? And then, like, within, within a few weeks, we had one of the greatest sporting icons of history, who was, an in, like, who was an inspiration to so many people, pass away in a tragic accident. Then we had the threat of another world war. Then, then we had the, the coronavirus come in. And then we've had the, the horrendous... Um, you know the, the horrendous racism um, you know, in, happening in, in the United States, exposing you know, the reality of racism in our own lives. And there's been social uprising and, and new movements forming. And it's a really unsettling time. It's a really challenging time. And in the midst of that, I think, if we're being honest, it's really hard to experience peace. Anyone else like, struggle to experience peace over the last few months? It just seems that wherever, wherever I look, whether it's on social media in the world around me, I see another reason to not experience peace. And I reckon in the midst of this conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples, they're kind of feeling that same way. They're like, how do I experience peace when all these bad things are just mounting on top of each other, one after another? And it's into this space that James, the brother of Jesus, actually speaks into. He talks about how we experience peace. He says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. In, in, in the original Greek, the way that these concepts of peace and righteousness are portrayed in the verse, it's like they're intertwined. They're like intrinsically connected. They can't be separated. You might be thinking, well, what is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. James seems to suggest here that when you recognize and realize and embrace the truth that you and God are good, that you have right standing with God, that's the starting point for experiencing peace. And that's why it's so important that we remain connected to Jesus, that we remain connected to the vine, because when we remain connected with him and we realize the love that he has for us, we realize that us and God are good, we can experience, we can start to experience peace. Possibly the only good thing that I think is has come out of COVID is what I call the COVID handshake. And you all know it. I've probably given it to you this morning. It's the elbow, right? And the reason I think this is a good thing is because before, you guys might remember a time when you used to be able to shake hands with people or high five. Do you remember that? It was a while ago. But, but you would go up to someone and you'd look them in the eye. You're like, I'm going to greet this person. And you'd walk up and you'd, you'd just hope that they go for the handshake if you go for the handshake. Or you hope they go for the high five if you're going for the high five. But who's ever experienced that thing where you're going for a handshake and they're going for a hug, and all of a sudden you're doing these ones? Or or maybe like you're going for the bro five, and then they're like nope, and they got their hand up here trying to like shake you normally. Or maybe like you want to go for a high five and they go for a fist bump, and all of a sudden you got a turkey forming here, right? Like it's. Whenever I would have those experiences, and I'd have them a lot, unfortunately, I would tend to leave them feeling. Just like, man, we're just, not, we're just not on the same page. We're just not quite where, where we should be, where we need to be. You know, we just don't have that connection that I want. And that's the kind of feeling we sometimes get in relationship with God, that, that we're just not, just not quite on the same, like we're just not on the same wavelength. You know, I just, I just, it's hard for me to feel sometimes that I'm fully right with God. And it's that similar feeling there. And you might be wondering, well, how do I, how do I kind of ex- like release that? How do I get rid of that? Well, Paul writes about that very thing in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, For he who knew no sin became sin for us. He's talking about Jesus as he who never sinned. Jesus never sinned, right? He took upon himself the consequences of your sin and of my sin. And on the cross, he paid the price for them. Book of Romans chapter 6 says, The wages of sin is death. All right? And that's a pretty sad existence to be living in. But that's not the end of the verse. That's not the end of the story because the rest of that verse says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And Paul writes again in 2 Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin for us. So he took upon himself the weight of the sin of all people for all time and he paid the price to them on the cross so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is the rest of that verse. So because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he offers you and me the greatest exchange ever. He offers us the gift of righteousness, the gift of being right with God, of being good with God by faith. And so if you're feeling that you and God just aren't quite good, that you're not quite on the same page, like maybe he's going for a hug and you're going for a high five, if you want to be right with God, then I invite you to release those doubts and those fears today. Because by the blood of Jesus, your sin, the price of your sin has been paid in full, without a doubt. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned, it doesn't matter where you've come from, it doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus wants to offer you the free gift of salvation and right standing righteousness by faith in him. And if you haven't accepted that, I invite you to accept that into your life today because that is the point from which peace starts. That is the point from where we can start to experience peace in our lives. There's another pretty famous verse in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, and the president of our conference, actually, Pastor Brett, he preached into this a few months ago. But it says this, it says, don't worry about anything. Pretty straightforward, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As you remain in Christ, his peace will guard your heart. Peace is a gift that Jesus has for you and for me in the midst of the world we live in today if you want to thrive, if you want to experience peace today, Jesus has made it available to you. He invites you to claim righteousness by faith, to claim your right standing with God by faith in Jesus and to hand over everything to him, to say, God, you know, I'm, I'm facing some big challenges right now. I'm facing some big fears right now, but I give it to you because you are God, I am not. You can carry me through this. I can't carry myself. Now, the challenge that we have in terms of maintaining peace in this world is that we live with human beings, right? The challenge that we often have to maintain peace is that we have to exist in a world with other human beings. Does anyone have that person in their life who no matter how hard they try, they just always seem to take their peace? <laughs> they always seem to frustrate them or challenge them, and no matter how hard you try, you just, you just, really, you just, you just struggle to get along with them. Teenagers, it could be your parents. Parents, it could be your teenagers. It could be a spouse or a colleague or a friend. But living with human beings, we're sinful people, right? We're, we're, we're broken people. We're all journeying through this life together. And if we're being honest, it can be difficult at times to like, maintain our peace when we have to live in such close proximity to frustrating people. And if there's no one coming to mind for you right now, then I'm sorry to say it, but you might be that person. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But it can be difficult, right? It can be difficult to maintain peace when we live with other human beings, right? But as followers of Jesus, if we want to thrive in this world, God wants to cultivate and to grow and to bring out of us this very next thing we're about to talk about. It's the fruit of patience. God wants to grow that in us so that as we relate to other people, we're able to help each other. We're able to grow together. And Paul speaks into this space again in the book of Colossians. He gives some advice to one of the first Christian communities. He says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Again, I'm, I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but right there we see so clearly, clothe yourselves in love, remain in the vine, stay connected with Jesus, walk with Jesus. If you want to become a more patient person, spend more time with Jesus. I guarantee you will see how patient God is being with you. It says, forgive one another not because you're a great person or because you know, you're, you're so high and mighty or pious. No, forgive other people because God's already forgiven you. In response to the forgiveness God has given you, forgive other people. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. How much room do you make in your life for those people that frustrate you? How, how, how quickly do you push aside those people that, you, that seem to take your peace? How easy or how difficult is it for those challenging people to actually build meaningful relationships and meaningful connections with you? Paul challenges the church in Colossae and by extension you and me today and he says, make allowance for each other's faults. Take the necessary steps in your life to make room for those people who frustrate you, to make room for those people who challenge you. If you want to thrive, I can guarantee you that there is so much joy, there is so much peace in remaining patient with other people, in experiencing the fullness and the wholeness of community. When I was in my second year of college, there was a first year that had come, and no matter how hard I tried, I just really struggled to get along with him. I was really frustrated by him and It was probably because he was so much like me that it annoyed me. Isn't it funny how the people that frustrate us the most are often the ones who are most similar to us? (laughs) And I remember having a conversation about this challenge I was having with this person with another friend of mine. And he said something to me, and it was probably one of the most profound things I'd ever heard at that point in my life. And he said, Lockie, he said, everybody is loved by someone. Everybody's loved by someone. And as a follower of Jesus, it is your responsibility to try and find that thing. Surely there's more than one reason we're all loved by someone, right? As followers of Jesus, it's our responsibility to step out, to reach out, to make room, make allowance for those that frustrate us. Everybody is loved by someone, and as a follower of Jesus, it's your job, Lockie, to find it. And I was so convicted by his words that um, over the coming weeks, I tried to spend more time with this person. And what I learnt about this, this young man was that um, he, he came from a broken family. He, his parents actually weren't talking to him at that time because he'd come to Avondale. Um, they weren't Adventists. They didn't like the fact he was being really religious or anything. So he was actually isolated. He was by himself, right? He didn't have anyone to be with. And as I continued to grow with him and just to journey with him, I found I did have to make room in my life initially. But as I, as I walked with Jesus, as I walked with him, I found that fruit of patience growing in me. And all of a sudden, as I got to know him, as I got to know his story, I actually didn't need that patience as much anymore. I'd made room in my life for him to to come in. And and I actually grew into a friendship with him. And it actually came to the point where after a few months, he said, Lockie, I think I want to give my heart to Jesus. I think I want to experience baptism. But I want you, I want you to baptize me. That was the first person I was ever able to study the Bible with and baptize. It was someone that beforehand I was frustrated by. Someone that stole my peace. And I was able to journey with this man to share the Bible with him, to share my love for Jesus with him. And I've seen his life, his heart just transform. And he is now one of the most hardworking individuals when it, like in church. Like He will give hours and hours and hours of his time to help other people. He's now a really well-loved member of the community down at And Beforehand, no one gave him a chance. But but I think that, that God places people in our lives sometimes, and maybe they frustrate us a bit, but it's because he wants us to be a blessing to them. Who is it that God has placed in your life that maybe frustrates you a bit, but you could be a blessing too. And of course, the irony of this whole story is that I think it was me that was more blessed by getting to know him than him by me. Like I said, he was the first person I was ever fortunate enough to study the Bible with and to baptize and to journey with. Before that, I didn't think I actually had what it took to be a pastor. I didn't think I could do it. I thought I was too young, too, too messed up, too immature to actually journey with someone spiritually. But journeying with him taught me the fundamental truth that it is not about me. It never has been about me. It never will be about me. It's all about God. God just needs available people to be available for people. Right? Make allowance for each other's faults. Make room in your life for those people who might frustrate you or challenge you. Because when you do, I guarantee that God will bring that fruit of patience out of you. And that as you journey with people, as you walk with people, as you embrace the community God has surrounded you with, that you will find yourself in a a place where you feel like you're not just surviving, but you're actually thriving. You're doing what God's called you to do. You're journeying with people. You're seeing change in their lives. You were made for more than just survival. You were made to thrive. And so we come to the big idea for today. Did I skip past it? (laughs) Can you just chuck it up there, Tom, please? (laughs) Thanks, man. So, peace and patience grow as we embrace the community God has given us. Peace and patience grow as we embrace the community God has given us. And so, as I invite the worship team back up, I want to extend to you today a challenge. Firstly, if you've never allowed yourself to release that feeling of me and God just aren't quite good, then I invite you today to accept that, to accept the truth that Jesus has done everything necessary to secure your relationship with God, that by faith in him you can experience right standing with God. That means there's no more fighting or striving to try and earn his favor, but you have it in the name of Jesus, in the finished work of Jesus. So if you've never accepted that before, I invite you to claim that over your life today. Maybe there's, there's, there's someone in your life, or maybe there's some circumstances in your life that you're really struggling with at the moment. Maybe there's something that you just feel like, if this thing were to change, I'd experience peace. If you find yourself in that space, I invite you to take it and to give it wholly and completely to God. To place it in his hands and say, God, I I can't deal with this on my own. I need your help. Watch his peace fill you. And finally, maybe, just maybe, God has put someone in your life who frustrates you a bit, who you need to be a bit more patient around. If you find yourself in that space, I invite you to make a commitment today to making allowance for their faults for making room in your life for them to step into so that you can be a blessing to them you can share the love of Jesus with them I guarantee you that you will experience a greater richness a greater joy a greater satisfaction in your life when you will fully and wholly embrace the community God has placed you into so if you want to accept any of those things I invite you just to bow your head with me now if you want to Accept that challenge in any of those areas. I invite you just to raise your hand with me as I pray. Just raise your hand and say, God, yeah, you, you know the decision I'm making. This is between you and God. If you, if, you, if you want to make a commitment to that today, he sees you. The reason I ask you to, to put your hand up is because I believe when you do something on the outside, it does something to you on the inside, which makes your commitment all the more real. So just raise your hands with me now as I pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love. I thank you that we're able to remain in that love by the grace of Jesus, that we can experience salvation, that we can experience right standing with you today. And I pray for those that have accepted that, Lord, that they might experience a new sense of peace in their life. Lord, as we give over to you those challenges and those frustrations and maybe those relationships that we're struggling with, God, I ask that your peace might come out of us. And Lord, for those of us that have made commitments today to try and... Uh, be, make more room in our lives for those that frustrate us or maybe steal our peace God I just ask that you might give us a heart for those that are, that are hurting that are broken Lord that you might um, grow in us that fruit of patience that you might bring out of us as we walk with you um, that, 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 that fruit that will just make us more, more loving more caring towards those who need it Lord, you see every hand raised here and you know every commitment that was made in each of our hearts. And I pray that in the week ahead that we might take those commitments. They might just not be a decision that happens in our heads, Lord, but they might change the way we live our lives. I thank you so much for the power of the Holy Spirit that's able to work in us, to change us, to shape us, and to mold us to be more like you. Thank you for setting us up in this life not just to survive, but to thrive. We ask above all, Lord, that you come soon take us home to be with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.